Welcome back to Upward Arrow. I'm Seth Brown, the creator at Upward Arrow, where we believe technology should be beautiful, natural, and sustainable. There's been a lot of exciting news since our last episode. A patent was published showing that Apple may use EEG sensors on their AirPods and potentially in their Vision Pro device. A startup has announced some incredible technology combining BCI, brain-computer interfaces, and virtual reality, VR, to create a new sort of digital freedom that hasn't existed before. Down under, there's been some exciting news where scientists have combined mouse and human brain cells along with a microchip to create a hybrid computing platform, and they've had some interesting results with that. Of course, we'll have updates on the progress here at Upward Arrow, and some positive environmental news. Thanks for tuning in. Let's get right to it. Since the last episode, a patent was published showing that Apple may use EEG sensors in their AirPods and potentially in their Vision Pro device. The patent filing shows that they may detect a number of biosignals using the AirPods including EEG for brain waves, EMG for any muscle movements, ECG for heart rate, galvanic skin response, and pulse through blood volume. The patent filing shows a number of sensors all around the outside of where you would typically place the AirPod into your ear. This filing is not surprising considering the work that's being done at other companies in the brain-computer interface industry right now, including Neurable with their over-the-ear headphones, iDune, which has an in-ear set of headphones, and also Emotive, which has an in-ear set of headphones. Now, going many years back, Neurosky also had a headphone EEG detection device. So this technology has been around for some time. Certainly it's exciting to see that Apple has gotten involved and is showing some interest in this area. That will certainly raise awareness for some of the other companies in the neurotechnology and brain-computer interface industry. And it shows that we're getting closer to mass adoption. Now, when we consider mass adoption of a brain-computer interface, we certainly would want something that could be worn continuously. And the AirPods and the headphones, while they are a convenient way to detect signals, it may be something that is too episodic, that can't be worn continuously. And that's why we're continuing to pursue a different type of wearable in the form of a brain-computer interface necklace here at Upward Arrow. Nevertheless, it's exciting news and shows what potential there is on the horizon. In the patent filing, Apple also mentioned the possibility of smart glasses or detecting EEG signals from a set of glasses. And from that, one could see how they might integrate EEG sensors along with other sensors into their Vision Pro device. So it's exciting news and, and certainly something to keep an eye on. And some other exciting news in brain-computer interfaces 
comes from a startup company named UCAT, where they are developing a technology that combines brain-computer interfaces, BCI, with virtual reality VR in an exciting new way. In previous episodes, talking about the brain-computer interface operating system, we've talked about the desire to move brain-computer interfaces beyond the simple types of use cases that are occurring right now. And we talked about Neuralink, whose primary objective was to enable people to move a mouse cursor on a screen and enter letters as they would through a keyboard. And certainly that enables a type of digital freedom, but it may not be liberating enough. And that's where UCAT comes in. Sam Hazofsky, who is the CEO at UCAT, is a brilliant visionary. I've had the good fortune to speak with him And the technology that they're developing will enable avatars in virtual reality to be controlled by people who are paralyzed or otherwise debilitated in the real world. So individuals who have suffered some sort of spinal cord injury or have been afflicted with a neurodegenerative disease would then be able to use this platform to navigate virtual reality as an avatar using the same set of commands that would drive the mouse and keyboard movement like at Neuralink instead UCAT is taking it a step further and using those commands to more or less enable someone to embody this avatar someone who's paralyzed to embody an avatar in virtual reality and move around in that virtual world, which as the resolution increases in these virtual environments, and even now with the current tech, provides a level of digital freedom that otherwise is unheard of. It's some brilliant work that they're doing, and we're looking forward to keeping track of their progress. And now for some exciting news that spans neuroscience and computer science. And, of course, a brain-computer interface spans those. But this news may be something even more peculiar, perhaps. Scientists at Monash University have combined human and mouse brain cells, 800,000 of them to be precise, with a microchip to create a hybrid computing platform. And they've been able to train this platform to play the video game Pong, and they also described being able to create reward cycles with this platform as well. As artificial intelligence continues to take the forefront in many areas of computing, the processing power that's needed is creating a large energy drain. And so perhaps this hybrid platform will enable better energy usage and perhaps greater performance in some of these artificial intelligence applications. At the same time, it certainly is something that is quite peculiar and draws a lot of strange metaphors in one's mind. You've heard of a brain in a jar, but could you imagine a brain in a chip? And the questions about consciousness and the singularity and and lots of speculation certainly get 
uh, amplified with these sorts of inventions. So it will be interesting to see uh, what happens next with this technology. And uh, again, that's at Monash University, and they call their device Dish Brain. It may not be the most imaginative name, but it certainly does describe what they are doing there, which is incredible. Now, here at Upward Arrow, we've had some great progress. We're continuing to process the data from our experiments, and we're finding that the accuracy is holding pretty well. What we're looking to do next is test across a number of individuals. There's a concern with, and this is one of the great challenges as far as the mass adoption of a brain-computer interface, that there's a neural fingerprint that each person has. And then there could be some benefits for that in terms of security. But when it comes to creating a brain-computer interface that can provide valuable use cases, it makes it a challenge to create one which can apply widely to a group of people without requiring specific training for one individual. If you can imagine, it's something like the early days of speech recognition. Now, it's vital to gather more data in the same way that speech recognition was improved by more data and more people talking to their phones has made the assistance from Apple, Google, and Amazon much better at speech recognition. The same thing is the case for brain-computer interfaces where we need to gather a lot of data from a large number of people to begin to create interfaces that are robust enough to be widely usable and to provide valuable use cases. So for us at Upward Arrow, as we continue to explore our approach with the brain-computer interface necklace, it's important that our results are valid not only for an individual but for a group of people. And the way that we do that is by testing different data sets against each other and then determining the accuracy of the overall effort. So that's where we're at right now. And uh, we're excited as we continue to see positive results. And we look forward to making a major announcement when we feel certain that we've arrived at a strong proof of concept. Finally, for some positive environmental news, and this is some fantastic news. Since the last episode, it was announced that Sri Lanka will not be exporting nearly 100,000 macaque monkeys to China. Initially, these monkeys were going to be exported, and the intent was to use them in zoos. However, there was some concern that they may be used for medical experimentation and wildlife preservation groups began to get involved and they raised awareness and the decision was made to not export those monkeys. So that's some positive environmental news that shows we can have a positive impact on the environment and the world, including preserving the wildlife around us when we work together. On that note, thanks for tuning in, watching or listening. We hope you have a great day.